jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Well, it's that time again. Uh, may I take a moment to have uh, a little gamer bro time? Oh, oh, well, my please, the floor is yours. <laughs> the moment is yours. Take it. Well, and some people may have uh, surmised by now from listening to this show, Anthony and I are both gamer bros. Yeah, we have the hats and the chairs and everything. The yellow tinted glasses, the diapers, all of it. Oh, yeah. The glasses help you see the screen cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want anything getting in the way of my uh, score. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Listen, anybody can be a gamer bro. You can be. Are you a busy parent who plays Candy Crush on your phone while you are at the laundromat? You're a gamer bro. Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, you're a gamer bro. I thought you were going re- <laughs> to reveal something about your relationship with Candy Crush. Anyway. Oh, could you imagine? I would love that for you, kind of. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, I just, I find myself for the last few weeks in a place I never thought I would find myself again. Oh, what are you doing? What, 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 what? I am here to tell you that I am back on my destiny to shit. What? <laughs> Stacy, I thought that you had cut the cord. I had cut the cord. The cord was completely severed. Okay? And then I started thinking to myself, I want to play something that is just like Destiny. <laughs> just like like I would Destiny has a feeling, okay? I want to play something that's just like Destiny, but there's nothing like Destiny. It's a shooter. There's lots of first-person shooters on the market. There's nothing like Destiny, I'm telling you. And so finally I was like, girl, you just want to play Destiny, don't you? And I said, girl, yes, I do. Well, girl. I was like, girl, I know. And I this just was had... in the mirror? Not the even com- in the mirror. <laughs> just sitting in the chair. <laughs> Just slightly turning the head in different directions. <laughs> yeah. One, well, one had eyes open, one had eyes closed. <laughs> and I was like, well, I haven't, I literally, the cord had been severed for uh, like two years. Like I had not played it at all during the pandemic. Like it's been cut for at least two years. I said, no more. I'm out. They're mercenary business practices. I cannot abide. They are not consumer friendly in the least. I will not support this financially. Because they were like, they were like, you need to pay money to do the thing, to get the weapon, to get the gear, to solve the mystery mission. (laughs) Well, you need to buy content to play the game. Like, that's true. But what they were doing was because the game is getting so big as they add things to it, they started taking things out of the game. And so expansions that I had previously purchased were literally no longer available. The campaign that came with Destiny 2 when it launched is literally no longer in existence. You cannot play it anymore. They take stuff out of the game. Things that you purchased with your American dollars? Yes. Oh, wow. 
And I said, I cannot support this. The next thing you know, I'm supporting it. Because as the song that, you know, you alluded to sings, destiny is a feeling. Destiny is a feeling. I am destiny's child, it turns out. (laughs) I fucking love destiny. I do. I've been playing it since the beta of the first game. I truly love Destiny. I was willing to vote with my wallet and not play it any longer. And then I changed my mind. And now I'm in it to win it, baby! (laughs) And I'm having the time of my life. The game... Look, the most recent expansion is called The Witch Queen. Am I not supposed to play that? Well, that's what I said. Like, I think we had this conversation months ago. I said, Stacy, there's a new Witch Queen. And you said, no, I don't do the Destiny. Not anymore. But then I wanted to, and now I do. (laughs) And I forgot how many... The game is full of lesbians. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of lesbians in that game. So there's a story? I thought I thought it's just like you're like you you boot you jack in and boot up <laughs> and then you 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 run around with a gun and you just shoot things and maybe you meet other people. This is all in my head. You meet other people and then you say, Let's find the treasure chest together and then you run and you shoot a dragon and you from space and then you get a treasure chest. Well, there is that. But that's, there's story? That's kind of the basic gameplay. There is story. There's a lot of story told in lore that you get in the game. Uh, through, like, you'll get this, an exotic gun, and it has a lore tab. And so you read the lore tab. Like, almost every female character that you encounter in this game is a fucking lesbian. There are oh lesbians God. in history uh, of the game. There's a few gay dudes. Like, for a, a game that you would think would market solely to the actual gamer bros, it's got a lot of gay shit in it. And, it's, and a witch queen. And a witch queen. The horror vibes in Destiny are off the chart. Really? Yeah, I fucking love Destiny. It is free to download, and you can play a lot of it for free to kind of test it out and see if you like it. So the reason why I bring this all up is there is, even though I am a solo gamer bro, I love to just play alone. There is content that you can only do with three people or six people. And there's content I want to do that I cannot do alone and I have never done. And so I'm going to do it. I'm going to put this out there into the ether now. If we have any Destiny gamer bros who listen to this show and want to play destiny with me uh, send me a message like through instagram this is unparalleled it is unparalleled actually you are this people jump on it now this is a rare glimpse you are opening the floodgates to destiny wow would i like it i think you might is it like a Halo? Is it like a is it like a Borderland? Yeah, I will say the ex- the jumping on point because they have gutted the campaign because Destiny wants you to be the only game that you ever play. <laughs> oh. Uh Jumping in as a brand new player right now, you're going to be confused as fuck. I am more than willing to tell anybody everything that they need to know. (laughs) Story-wise, I'll tell you who all the lesbians are. I'll tell you what you need to know story-wise. Because coming back after two years and jumping in, I was basically like a new player again. And I was so confused. 
Yeah, okay. So you will, if you start playing now, you will need things explained to you if you want to understand what's going on. So you really, you really had a, a, a hard no, and then now you've said yes. I said, you know what, Stacy? Life is short. Yes, they are completely taking advantage of your wallet. But do you also love it? Oh, there we embrace joy. And I decided to embrace the joy. And I've been playing so much. And it's made <laughs> me really happy. And I love it. And, uh, you know. So you, like, you you were in it. You were in it. You were like, I love this game. Together, we're going to change things. And then you were like, <laughs> and then you saw some faults. And then you said, I'm out. But then you said, oh, but I miss the feeling of home and family. So you went back in. And now you are asking other people to join you. And you will help give them information, everything you need. Are you willing to put up money to help them invest in their first sash? No. Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going full Alice and Mac here. Okay? okay, okay. You don't have the brand yet. Right, which is why I say if there's anybody out there who is already a Destiny Gamer bro, please hit me up. Right. Um, because it is, it does cost money. There is an awful lot that you could do as a free player as well, however. So if you want to try it and see if you like it. Or just play the free stuff. Like, you can do that too. What's the money stuff? What's the money stuff? Is like the expansions, like the stories and the expansions. That they take away willy-nilly. They say they're not going to do that anymore. Do I believe them? Probably not. But for now, yes. I love this. I might have to try. Because I've... I, I, I got exhausted by... Um, uh, what was I playing? Horizon Forbidden West, the newest one. I loved it, but it's it's just so much game that and there's so much you can craft everything and the skill tree is two thousand different components and I was like, there's actually at this point and there's so much dialogue and story and I'm like there's actually too much game that I, I might try to finish it one day but I just don't know and then I I've just you know I haven't been playing anything so maybe that will be the one I pick up. You should do it. You should download it. We could play together. Maybe I'll try it. That would be fun. We could then people will really sign up if it was you could play with Gaylords. We could make our own Gaylords clan. Oh my god. Like house briefcase woman. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Could you imagine? It's outer space. You get to go to all kinds of planets that you know. Like you get to go to Europa. Like in that movie. Like in that movie, Europa Report. I like that movie. In I, my memory, that movie is really good. And I'm a, I am both want to rewatch it and I'm afraid to rewatch re it. Because I'm like, if I'm a, if I rewatch it and it sucks, oh, that'll be bad because it'll tarnish my memory. But then I want to rewatch it because I really liked it the first time. It's found footage, space, and it's in Beth Davids. Love in Beth Davids. Maybe I'll have to try both of these things when I get a little more time. That sounds lovely. Uh, oh, listen, one last thing I will say about Destiny is that it is also now cross-platform. So even if you are not on PlayStation, I believe if you're on Xbox or PC, we can play together still. I really? Mm-hmm. Like they have a, a shared server thing for the different consoles? Yeah, and like you being PS5 and me being PS4 because I'm not cool, uh, we could still play together. I love this. Okay. 
How, wait, how do people find you on the internet web console? Um, I say probably Instagram is the easiest. I have my gamer shit like locked down so I can't receive messages. I will like open it up to receiving friend requests and messages, but you just, you get so many shitty ones that I just said, why don't I just turn this off? Well, after that 12 year old asked you to be his girlfriend. After my 12 year old boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Uh, that's a story for another time. <laughs> we weren't really dating any authorities that are listening. Obviously. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Stacy Chain Laterno. <laughs> Never happened. Never no. happened. Not even no. close. Not even close. Look, but I was child... playing a g- I was playing a game. Okay? <laughs> And I decided to be nice to someone. This is what I don't do. I was playing The Division, uh, and somebody dropped their stuff, and I picked it up, and so I sent them a message, and I said, I have your stuff. I would love to give it back to you. Okay? This is a thing that people don't do, but I did it. And then they were like, okay. And then he sent me uh, an invite to play together. So we started playing together accepting the invite is something I don't normally do. But we're playing, and everything's fine. Then he sends me a party request, which is where you can speak to each other. And I said, okay, fine. And then he spoke, and I realized he was 12 years old. He's like, Stacy, do you like Finko Penny? <laughs> yeah, he was like, you, you play good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what is happening? And so I was like, you know what? We'll just play for the rest of the night and it'll be fine. At one point, his mother came in the room and yelled, You're still playing that game? And then he was gone because I think she unplugged it. Then the next day, he sent me a message that said, Do you want to be my girlfriend? (laughs) We've been together ever since. No, that was the point where I had to block him, unfortunately. Oh. Um, yeah. You so look the... and now he's probably he's probably full gamergate. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I broke his heart cuz this traumatic experience he oh, had. God. But that's a that's a lesson in uh I keep my shit turned off now. So. <laughs> Find me on Instagram, Final Girl, F-I-N-A-L-G-R-R-L, on Instagram, and send me a message, maybe with your gamer tag, and I will send you a friend request. I love that. Yeah. Anyway, wow. Anyway. We're not even talking about video game movie today. Nope. You'd think that would tie in somehow. But this is how much fun I'm having playing Destiny, is I was like, you know what, I need to take a half an hour... Of, of our show and talk about something that has nothing at all to do with our show. Oh, absolutely. So. Can I, you know, speaking of this, though, can I follow up last week's, well, not last week, the week before, well, the last episode. May I follow up our last episode? Um, just to further sing the praises of Orphan, Orphan First Kill. Oh, man. <laughs> which right? I watched again. <laughs> I love it so much. I think... I, I want to correct myself in that I said that I was unnerved by how she felt inserted into the film. I think I was just a little high the first time I saw it. 
Watching it the second time, I was like, this movie is cinematic brilliance. It is shot perfectly. The daringness of this filmmaker. <laughs> um, also, you pointed out, and I can't remember if this is on the episode, but this is video game related because he made Stay Alive. I'm a big fan of this guy. He's awesome. Yeah. He understands intentional camp, deliberate camp. He understands women that we love. He understands a psycho crazy nutcase twist, a bonkers twist. He embraces this in these films and stay alive in The Boy, in Brahms The Boy 2. There was another one. And The Orphan First Kill. Love him. Love him. And then I also wanted to say that I did Isabel Furman wrong in our last episode because I did not understand. I thought, you know, I thought she just was now yet again still Esther, but older. I And I appreciated her, you know, for doing what she did in the movie and being great at it. You know, stealing the car, smoking a cigarette, putting on Maniac. <laughs> All wicked. I did not understand until I went back and actually read about the film that I should have done research for for the episode. That Isabel Furman got this film made, like, reached out to the screenwriters and was like, why aren't you guys working on a sequel? We need to work on a sequel. She saw that story about the real-life Esther, which it turns out is actually really sad because it was an actual little girl that the parents changed her age legally so they could pretend they were being Esthered by her. (laughs) What? Yeah. Oh, it's messed up. Uh, There was, like, a Dr. Phil about it. It was messed up. But, um... She saw that Orphan was popular again because of that that viral news story. So she immediately reaches out to the producers, the screenwriters. They were like, well, we've tried coming up with a prequel years ago. And she says, we'll try it right now. Oh. Then the movie got kicked into production. She went and she rewrote the script. She uh, was the one working and training the child actors. And she was telling them, like, okay, when you want to, when you're looking at daddy... Imagine that you're counting all the freckles on his face or all the lines on his face as a way to, like, get them to look and to sell the fixation with daddy. And I just have to say, Isabel Furman, you goddamn queen. So, sorry, I had feelings. (laughs) Yeah, well-deserved feelings. I love that movie. It's so good. (laughs) I just love that it exists. See, this is, lately, it's just, what is this? Unbridled joy. Orphan first kill, pray, destiny. I say I'm living. I'm living, baby. And, oh my God. Okay, I, I understand too that, you know, something happened in Alaska and people, Republicans don't understand how to vote or whatever. <laughs> However, do I credit Sarah Palin losing to a, a, to a fucking native woman to pray? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. People saw Prey and they said, oh my god, Native women kick ass. Let's vote for them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. So look at Fancy Man is changing lives. I think that's good because while you are giving credit to Prey, you are taking credit away from the woman herself. This is also is, true. Which I think is really cool. <laughs> you know, I don't even know her name. Fuck, I'm sure she's great. I'm sure she's great, and I love her, and I'm so excited for her, and stick it to Sarah Palin, uh, but I'm just saying, now is the time to just embrace destiny is a feeling, right? Love theme from Gaylord's episode 176. 
Anyway, today we're talking about burnt offerings. <laughs> Honey, I burnt the offerings. <laughs> Why is it called burnt offerings? I am not sure. There is no, there are no offerings, nor are no, things burnt. Nothing gets burnt. No offerings to be found. <laughs> That's fine. It's That's fine. fine. It's fine. This movie, 1976. Wow. The year of our bicentennial here in America. Oh. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> movie that the first time i saw it i was like i love these things about it it doesn't work for me until that ending oh and then it it really works for me over the years i've really come to love everything about this movie yep i think what it is is that i have come over the years to i meet to this movie where it is versus standing and looking at where I want the movie to be and being angry that it's not that. Because I thought it would, like, the first time I saw it, I just assumed it was going to be, like, a haunted house, super scare fest, whatever, whatever. And it's not at all that. No. No, it's slow. Not a lot of, like, scary shit, really. Stuff that's going to outright scare you. I don't care. I love it. I love that. I'm right there with you. This was one that, this was, I was so happy that you suggested this film because this has been one of my, my hidden, I haven't seen this, but you know, because it's Karen Black, because it's Betty Davis, because it's Dan Kurt, Curtis, I felt like, you know, everyone has to have seen this movie. So I can't reveal that I have not seen this film. <laughs> and then you said, how about Burned Offerings? I said, oh, I've never seen it. Let's watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so happy to get to see it. I spent, after you sent me that text and said you'd never seen it, I spent the rest of the night laughing at you, (laughs) making fun of you. You went on Destiny and you you posted the text on Destiny and you got all the clan together to laugh at it. Yeah, we changed the name of the clan to Anthony is a fool. one of those that it's like it's not quite a it's not cult it's not like a cult classic it's also kind of a classic but also also not a classic not a classic yeah it's just kind of its own entity and it's weird and i just i don't know i watched it last night for the show and i was more into it than i've ever been i feel that it is um i don't know what i thought the movie would be i definitely expected uh burnt offerings of some sort (laughs) so i was like where is i I was like is there a cult is there a what is happening but i felt it it, there's just you know like jackie the psychic on real housewives of melbourne there it's so much vibes and i was living for the vibes and god damn it this fucking cast the cast is unbelievable like, we'll never, you'll never, in a Marvel movie today, you'll never see a cast like this. I just, I realize he's a different demographic, and I know the world loves him, and uh, so I'm not disparaging anyone who loves this guy, but I was watching this movie last night, and I was like, ah, Oliver Reed. I mean, the whole cast, but I just was looking at Oliver Reed, and I was like, what are they going to do now, cast Timothy Chalamet? Like, <laughs> oh, Chalamet's the one that you're not loving. 
Yeah. Thank you. I was worried that I was going to No, I love up. Oliver Reed. I okay. just, I'm, I'm just like, we don't, like, we just don't have actors like this anymore unless they're already 50 years old. And there's nothing wrong with being 50 years old. But it's like, yeah, you've got Kate Blanchett, who, P.S., I can't wait to see Tar. Because her new movie, where she plays the lesbian symphony conductor. What? Because it's, you haven't, the buzz on this movie is like, it's the best thing she's ever done. She's incredible. The movie is fucking incredible. This is a masterpiece. She's a genius. And I'm just like, I'm ready for Kate Blanchett to get back to that kind of work. And I cannot wait to see it. It's from Todd Field. Really? Yeah. It's like his return to cinema. Oh, he's fucked up. Yeah. Really? So she's doing that. And Well, but Stacey, yes, I hear you. And I'm excited for her <laughs> and you to witness it. But keep in mind that while she's doing that, she's also playing fucking Siren. I know! In Borderlands. In Eli Roth's Borderlands. Eli Roth's Borderlands. Starring Kate Blanchett and Jamie Lee Curtis. And Jamie Lee's always saying, you won't believe it, it's the greatest movie ever made! <laughs> this is the movie. We have wind chimes, we have bumper stickers. <laughs> Yeah, so we have older actors, which is great, but I'm just looking at the next generation. And while some of them, like your Florence Pugh, I think is a brilliant actor. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, But I just feel like we've just become a world... That maybe it's just that they all seem so young to me or something, but it just feels like we're living in a world of twinks. Right! Everyone's a soft boy. You're absolutely... Yeah, we don't have any... Because Oliver Reed... Like how do you, he is a hot, drunk barrel of a man. <laughs> like I don't know how else to describe. I mean, the guy is like his face is sliced up and covered in scars from a fucking barroom fight he had in the sixties. <laughs> watching this guy, oh, watching him chop up tree parts, <laughs> swim. Oh, Oliver Reed uh, <laughs> is a lot to deal with. We have nothing like that. No. Like, what, the, what, there's, there are burly, large, you know, barrel men, gentlemen that I like in films, right? Like, um, um, the, are there? The Rock? <laughs> Is there The Rock? I like Oscar Isaac. Oh, I love Oscar Isaac. He's perfect. Yeah, I like him. I can't think of a single other actor out there. <laughs> Well, I like Oscar Isaac. I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's people we're just not thinking of. I just, and this is the, like, how boring. You're going to complain about Hollywood. But I, when you watch something like Burnt Offerings, and it's Karen Black, Oliver Reed, Betty fucking Davis, Burgess Meredith, Eileen Heckert. Oh, I said, you're telling me this is Mrs. Daigle from The Bad Seed? Now she's Roz Allardyce. God, Roz. <laughs> I had, we had all the fans on because it's 100 degrees here, so I had the subtitles on. And I saw the word Roz on screen before I saw her, and I said, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I live for a Roz. Um, I, I said, You're, this is the woman that had me on the verge of tears playing that traumatized, drunk, sad, grieving mother in The Bad Seed selling it and now i get i get like the the vaguely mary warrenoff and house of the devil uh, witchy seductress of my dreams with her invalid brother house of the devil owes a lot to this movie huh there, there's so much dna in here there's house of the devil there's shining there there's like uh 
others that I can't think of. <laughs> but there's so much, especially House of the Devil, yes. Um, as you mentioned, it's directed by Dan Curtis, the great Dan Curtis, a uh, fantastic horror director, mostly in the made-for-TV realm. I've always wanted to see him, because he did Trilogy of Terror, also with Karen Black. He also did, I've always wanted to see, because I'm a Dracula nut for whatever reason, he also did that, I think, the Jack Palance Dracula, which I've heard is the best Dracula, I've never seen it. Dark Shadows. He did Dark Shadows. He did Dead of Night, a really great, uh, oh, terrific made-for-TV anthology movie starring uh, Lee Montgomery, who plays David here in Burnt Offerings, plays the son. Oh! Um, so I think, given all of that, I think maybe that's something about this movie, is that it has a vaguely made-for-TV vibe to it. Yeah, it's kind of calm, but there's a unsteady, a building unsteadiness within it, underneath it. Yeah, it just, it to me, it feels kind of like a made-for-TV spook fest that happens to have an all-star cast. Yeah, yeah, I could fully see that. I'd agree with that. What is it about the Rolfe family? Why are they even going to this house? I don't. Do we need to, do we ever get a reason why they are spending their summer at a rental home? In every other one, they're like, oh, it's a writing residency, or oh, it's a, you have to stay here for the winter to look after it. Yeah. It's, they just, what, they just wanted to live somewhere else for three months? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have Marion, Karen Black, Ben, Oliver Reed, and their son David, who's 12. They find this grand, expansive house for the summer owned by the Allardyce siblings, Arnold and Roz. Burgess Meredith and Eileen Heckert. Oh, God. They've brought uh, Aunt Elizabeth along. Wouldn't you know it, this incredible but run-down house is only $900 to rent it for the whole summer. Wow, what a deal. What a fucking bargain, right? And as we all know, anybody who's seen The Sentinel, for example, knows that any deal like that, it's never too good to be true, mm -hmm. right? The Sentinel, fun. that's another one I thought of watching this. For sure. The only catch is that... Their mother, Mrs. Allardyce, is in her bedroom upstairs. <gasps> she never leaves her room. All you have to do is leave a meal for her outside the door three times a day. She's infirm. She's 85, but she looks like she's 60. But it doesn't matter because you'll never see her. She'll never make a sound. She'll just be in her room the whole time. And Marion is all like, okay, cool. I can take care of that. <laughs> so they move in. Everything's great for like a day. Marion gets really obsessed with cleaning the house and making the house all tidy. Uh, it starts to get real tidy because as the Allardyce has said before they left, the house takes care of itself. Hmm. Uh, and also the siblings have fucked off for the summer and no one knows how to find them. They didn't leave a phone number. They didn't leave a forwarding address. They're just gone. So the Rolf family is here at the house. Marion really starts to spend a lot of time in the room that is attached to Mrs. Allardyce's room. She's leaving food for her, but the food doesn't seem to be eaten at all. Mrs. Allardyce doesn't make a sound, doesn't answer when Marion knocks. Uh, Aunt Elizabeth is just so cool. God, she's the best. Like, it's, I think my preconceived notions when you see grizzled old chain-smoking Betty Davis, like this is 1976. <laughs> 
I think she'd already been dead for three decades, but nobody <laughs> told her. <laughs> she she wouldn't <laughs> she wouldn't accept it. Yeah, she but like po- post Baby Jane, she did a lot of horror movies, and so you just I think expect her to be a bad guy. Yeah, she's hagging it up. She's hanging up. She's going to be the bitchy aunt, whatever. No, she is light and airy and a good time. And David adores her. And they hang out together and she paints and she's active and she's spry. Until she's not. Because then she's sallow. Her hair goes gray. She's clammy and sweaty looking and kind of has a gray pallor. The house is fucking with all of them in one way or another. It takes care of itself by sapping their energy, maybe, like in the case of Aunt Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And then rooms get repaired and plants begin to bloom again. Lights start randomly working. Ben has violent outbursts. Uh, the scene in the pool where he almost kills David is really scary. It so when you were saying it's not really that scary of a film, I'm like, but there are sequences that are so profoundly upsetting and very stressful. And that that pool sequence is like actually really hard to watch. Like it was, I mean, it's not almost up there, but it was close. It came close to like the sheer discomfort I felt watching like the apple choking scene in the haunting of Julia, a child in peril. <laughs> and it goes on for a long time. Like they're in the pool. David can't swim very well. Um, Aunt Elizabeth is immediately nervous over this. And then Ben, like, grabs him. And first they're kind of roughhousing. And then it gets too rough. And then he's, like, choking him. And then he's, like, holding him under the water. And it's just, the sequence goes on and on and on. And you feel like this really is a child who's in danger from his own father. Until he finally smashes him in the face with his scuba mask and manages to get away it's awful it's so uncomfortable like it's so it's actually hard to watch (laughs) they did a great job shooting it yeah i guess when i said there wasn't scary stuff i meant like haunting type like i thought this was gonna the first time i saw this i thought it was gonna be the changeling or the haunting or something like that where it's like something really like overtly supernatural there's a ghost yeah. in the house well or like like when i when you get the setup of well you just have to share the house with mother i'm waiting for fucking pearl to come in to sleep at slip in the people's <laughs> beds you know oh pearl slips in the bed with aunt elizabeth you know i'm waiting for something spooky to come up, but we never see her it's more the, it's more house of the devil yeah yeah it's it's the waiting and the occurrences that happen that, that are just slightly out of the ordinary. They do. One thing I love is when they show exterior distance shots of the house at night. And you notice the only light on is Mrs. Allardyce's light. Mm-hmm. So you're like, because you don't, as a viewer, you have no idea. Like, there's no noise. Like, is she alive? Is she? De- is there just like a dead body in there? Like, who knows what's going on? After the After the film, I still don't know what was actually up there. Exactly. But Marion starts getting really possessive of her duty to Mrs. Allardyce and the house itself. She doesn't want to go out. She doesn't want to do anything. She's starting to get little gray streaks in her hair. Sometimes she dresses like a Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> like she's really into being lady of the house. All these pictures in Mrs. Allardyce's sitting room of all these weird looking people. Mm-hmm. Like, the expressions on their faces are really, really strange. You don't know what's going on. 
it's just a sense of mystery throughout the whole thing. Um, things like David's the gas heater in David's room, the gas turns on and he almost dies. David goes through it in this movie. Oh yeah, this movie is not not uh, nervous to fuck with a child. No. Repeatedly, this kid fucking goes through it. What else happens? Aunt Elizabeth dies at her bed. Like, what? what was there some kind of like besides just like makeup? Did they do anything to Betty Davis's like head? <laughs> I, well, I just mean like she looked literally like a corpse. <laughs> there was definitely makeup. It was like first of all the wig. Thank you. Uh, was like just that flat kind of gray, and they definitely it seemed like they put some kind of gray makeup on her. They changed yeah. they changed her coloring. But like when she's rolling around on the bed and she's like, oh, ah, like doing that, like I'm like, it almost was like there was some kind of prosthetic on her face or some I don't know. Or she, I, I, what it probably comes down to is she is such a skilled actor. Yeah, she's Betty Davis. She's Betty fucking Davis, Anthony. That she sells I, so. I mean, like it was just so real the struggle that poor Aunt Elizabeth is going through. And you don't want anything to happen. She is, like you said, she's the fun, cool aunt. She's like art teacher adjacent. Yeah. She plain air paints. And you have to watch her writhe around and sweat and go, oh, <laughs> on the bed. And it's it's yeah. hard. I thought they did a really great job with the makeup. Just given that gray pallor and then the sweaty clamminess to her that I just thought was really... I watched the Arrow Blu-ray, and it just really came through of, like, wow, she... Like, that is a really good way to just show a physical marked difference in this woman who, three scenes ago, was vibrant and was wearing her fucking cool blazer and was, like, outside painting and smoking and, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's just full of life. Yeah, the, the selling the transformation for her... And the cost it had on her was stunning, stunningly done. And just her being like, all of a sudden her body was failing. And I just, I don't know, it was kind of also, even, you knew something was up with the house and all of that. But it was also, like, really heartbreaking because she was so much older. And so that does happen, is that one day somebody is vibrant and doing their thing. And then the next day they're like... I can't walk up the stairs without getting winded now. Oh, and she was just like so yep. unhappy about how her body was starting to fail. Yeah. That I thought oh. was really moving. Yeah, you're right. absolutely right. Yeah, she dialed into that lived reality. Brilliant actor. It's like just the things that you take for granted and then all of a sudden one day you can't do it anymore, you know? That's so rough. It's really rough. You notice it even, like, when you're still young and you're just like, man, I can't cope with a hangover anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh. Do you know what oh, I mean? I, I, I sat on the couch for 20 minutes. Why is my back thrown out now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it happens to everybody. And it's just like it was just heartbreaking to watch. So even with the supernatural element of, like, the house kind of absorbing her life energy or whatever. Yeah. Just the humanity of it, I thought, was really upsetting. Yeah, absolutely. So, eventually, it's time to skedaddle. They Ben knows something is up. He is shocked and appalled at his behavior in the pool because it came out of nowhere. And he would never... They, they established that he and his son have a great relationship. 
that scene when they kind of reconcile oh. after the, the the child is traumatized by what happened to him in the pool and as are the viewers is very rough scene and then when they finally see each other again and once again summoning reality to convey this fantastic uh series of events that they're trapped inside but where you have that thing where there is a distance between people and they don't want that distance there mm-hmm. and then when the kid understands that he like he has that moment the dad asks him like oh how have you been they're both super weird with each other and then the kid just runs to him and hugs him and is like dad i missed you so much it's so real and so effective and sad. <laughs> yeah, the the I think this movie benefits so much from a cast of this caliber. Oliver Reed is great in this. He has so many moments. He begins to be plagued by these nightmares, um, which is probably the image that everybody knows from Burnt Offerings. Nightmares, thinking back to when he was a child at his mother's funeral and he saw like the hearse driver. Who scared the hell out of him? Mm-hmm. Who would be played by Doug, Doug Jones in today's remake? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Scary driver man. Yeah. And so he is plagued by these nightmares and seeing this man again. And then he starts to see it in reality. And the moments where he sees this hearse driving down the, the road, Oliver Reed's cells being terrified of it so well. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And that's what comes through in the, the scenes with his son. Of like you, for once, like, uh, as opposed to something like to The Shining, where when we did our episode, I know we both talked about Jack Nicholson, just kind of overselling everything because that's what Kubrick wanted. Yeah, but for, for whatever reason, Kubrick decided that Jack Torrance is Bugs Bunny. Yeah. But that's an instance of, like, where the father isn't acting of his own volition, supposedly, and harms his child or whatever. And just yeah. the stark difference in the way Jack Torrance reacts and the way Ben Rolfe reacts and the way the actors portray it yes. is just night and day. Like, I believe that Ben was not acting of his own volition and would never hurt his child if he were. And that it can go... That this is a recurring problem with the house and with him being there. That he becomes aware of this multiple times. That that he has to keep going through this. And the people with him keep going through this. Where he has these bouts of rage. Or like, he and Karen Black are having a nice moment outside. And then it turns into canoodling. And then it turns into them getting on the grass. And then she is screaming, no, stop. And he like kind of keeps going. But then he does listen to her. But for a second there, you're like, oh my god. Is he going to rape her? Like, what is happening? And it's like the fact that you are still you are you're still with this character and trying to understand why this is happening to him. I think that instance also he plays it there's another layer to him there because they're in the pool. He's convinced his wife to take off her clothes and get in the pool with him. They start to canoodle and she's like, No, 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 I don't want this and he's like, Why are you so unattractive to me? He's been feeling like she doesn't love him anymore. And it's because she's under the influence of the house. And she's like, no, 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 honey. You're still super sexy. Like, I'm still super into you. And then comes the grass part 
And so they're going to canoodle because she just told him he's sexy and they've been making out. And then she says, no, 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 get off me, get away from me. I can't do this and runs away. And so it's like, on the one hand, he's under the influence of the house and starting to get violent with her. And then there's this whole other layer to it that is like, why doesn't my wife love me anymore? Why isn't my wife attracted to me anymore? And it plays out without any dialogue. Yeah. Why is my wife turning into a cameo choker in a shawl? (laughs) My wife is a Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just multi-layered. And I just think that this cast really elevates this material. Absolutely. In a way that I find so delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, it's, it was interesting reading about this movie, uh, like, uh, along with watching it and seeing how there is this, like, there were mixed reviews. The movie never really attained, like, cult status, but still has a following. But it, even today, people still have kind of mixed feelings about it. But, like, it's a very solid film. It's just not what you typically expect when you imagine it in your head, I guess. Yeah, to me, it, it is pitched as, like, a haunted house, like... It's going to be the changeling. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's not the changeling. It's much more subtle than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it has its own agenda, and it's not anything that is easily categorized in terms of like, oh, it's a haunted house. Oh, there's a satanic cult. Oh, there's this or that. It's kind of like, here, like, you know, they talk about it like Hill House, where the house was born bad. This is a house that was born bad. This is a house that is alive. That's what's so cool. Yeah. Is that, like, as just the conceit behind it is so wicked that I don't think I've seen it done. Like, I mean, like, what, The Shining? It's it's just a ghost house. It's a ghost hotel. I mean, you could argue that, like, those how right yeah exactly what you said, that those things, you could argue that those things are alive and that they're just full of ghosts and they're haunted or whatever, but this, like that the house itself is the entity and that like watching the house regenerate itself, watching the, the siding fly off and then there's brand new siding underneath or the tile, the roofing being replaced. Like that, that house is, you don't even need to know if there's a mother because it's just, well, it's house. And then when the ending comes and Marion is basically the new Mrs. Allardyce throws her husband out the window he lands on the car where poor David is further traumatized by his father smashing through the windshield in front of his face and getting blood all over him. Yeah, like part of his face exploding all over his fucking son. Then David gets out of the car and a chimney collapses on him and even the fucking kid dies. He's running out, screaming for his mother as a fucking chimney falls on him. And that's how the movie ends. And Karen Black looked cool as shit when she was up in that house. (laughs) Yeah. And then the portraits of Ben and David and Aunt Elizabeth are added to the display of photos on the house, Mm -hmm. in the room. And then you know why there's a new picture of the house that all looks the same. That's one thing they remark on when they come in, is there's pictures of the outside of the house through the ages. And the house always looks the same. Dating back, you know, 100, 200 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, that's what the house looks like again. It's all been regenerated. The Allardyce siblings are back home and super happy. There's a new Mrs. Allardyce. 
I guess, that it'll continue to leech off of her until some other new family comes along and spends the summer. And then you think, when you see that photo at the end, and you're like, isn't this just the ending of The Shining when you see the photo at the end? But this was four years before that. Hmm. And then you think, so were the all Allardyces just staying at like the Holiday Inn across the street? Like, were they just, <laughs> right. were they just sitting in there waiting? Maybe. <laughs> like, they were just in the do, car the whole time. Yeah. Do they go on a, do they go on a eat, pray, love trip? Or do they go look at the world's largest ball of twine? Like, what do they do while they wait for this cycle that they go through to complete itself? It's a really interesting approach. I think given, like, you know, your expectations of it when you go in versus what it is. And I think it's just so interesting because in all these other movies whether it's the shining or amityville horror or right. the haunting or, or all of this at some like people will say like oh i don't feel right there's something not right about this house but then there is a threat that is visible or audible or something that can be either defeated or run away from but here it's the house itself and so they can never, they know they have to get away, but they can't figure out what it is. It's like an unknown illness or something. Like, it's not diagnosable because it's the house itself around them. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, what's, that's what's rad about it is I just haven't seen a movie do this with a house before. Like, I mean, I... I... It, I feel like, isn't that maybe what, like, the Rose Red was supposed to be? It's the house that's alive? Or the CGI haunting from <laughs> yeah. with Willie Taylor, where, the, you know, the banister reaches for you or whatever? How dare you speak its name in front of me? I know, I'm so sorry. But I feel like that's what all those were trying to do, is just what this movie did that I don't think I've ever seen another movie do since. Yeah. And it saves the good shit. Like, the flashy shit, which isn't even that flashy. I can only imagine what CGI atrocity it would be nowadays. But, like, when you mentioned the siding falling off or whatever, we just get a taste of that very late in the process. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it seems like, okay, maybe Marion has a really green thumb and she can make these plants grow. Like, we know something is up. Maybe Marion has a speed addiction. <laughs> yeah. She loves cleaning. Yeah, because they show her cleaning or like they show, you know, Ben and David cleaning the pool together and things like this. So it's like a lot of it could be chalked up to like, these people have nothing else to do except take care of the house. So they're taking care of the house. Mm-hmm. Like Marion finds a carpet and rolls it out and it completely changes the way the room looks and all of this. But then when you realize that the house is alive and regenerating itself. It's just, I don't know, I think it's rad. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's, and this beautiful dollhouse of a house, which also is the Phantasm House, among many other houses. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess this was the first movie shot at that. It's like a big famous old house in Oakland. But that you have this fucking wicked ass dollhouse of a set, and then that you have this cast in it. It's just, oof, what a vibe. Well, and it's such an accomplished director. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that you can also say, like, God, just this era, man. Just this. I mean, it's like watching The Sentinel and watching every actor just wander into that movie in and out of their scene. Watching Ava Gardner show up as a fucking realtor and just shade um, our heroine and then walk away out of the movie. 
but like that like this that you get we get these two you get Burgess Meredith and Eileen Hecker and they just show up and chew all the scenery in that first scene and then leave we never see them again <laughs> you're just like what so if you've never seen this you should absolutely it's beautiful it's beautiful it's it's uh affecting it's spooky it's very stressful and that ending is absolutely bonkers lit i couldn't believe it happened yeah the last like 10 minutes whoo wee oh my god hot dog just the does does mama allardyce if she does exist, because I think she's just the house. No, because there must have been another one. Because it, they just change bo- It's like the Sentinel, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it is. So did she go to say goodbye and then the lady just like Deborah Logan'd her? And then like just sucked her soul into her soul or something? Who knows if that's the first time she went in that room? Right? It might have right? been. Because, like, she would leave the tray of food out, and for a long time, the food wasn't being eaten. And so finally, Marion, through the door, is like, Mrs. Allardyce, I've been leaving food out here for a week, and you haven't eaten anything. Please just talk to me. And then the next time she goes back, the food has been eaten. But later, we see Marion eating the food. Yeah. And as far as we know, Marion's just hanging out in that, like, kind of entryway. We never see her go into the actual bedroom. She could just be dusting pictures and stuff. The collection. And then that time when she goes up, the door is opened. Oh, so when you walk in there, you get transformed into cool crone Karen Black. Yeah. And then he has that great Mrs. Bates moment when he turns her around in the chair. And she's like, And the next thing you know, a hot, drunk barrel of a man comes flying out of a window, explodes through a windshield, splatters all over his son, and then the son is crushed by a chimney. Ari Aster, eat your heart out. Right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a movie that, I don't know, maybe maybe a lot of horror directors and horror people find it. Maybe it's more influential than we know, and it's not talked about, but it secretly influences a lot of things because you can't tell me this movie was not a direct influence on house of the devil not at all right it's like i think ty west was researching horror uh, haunted house movies and he watched that he watched this and then he watched amityville 3d mm-hmm. and he said take that movie and then take meg ryan yeah. <laughs> <And I got laughs> call greta greta gerwig <laughs> i got a movie there's no way i love the the trope of like someone locked away in a room and you'll never see him they'll never make a sound you would you it's no. so upset so you okay you wouldn't do it no absolutely not even in a giant house like that what if they die what if something happens what if they poop in the bed no <laughs> absolutely not i there's no way i would have done it no. i love that your your sequence of <laughs> unnavigable <laughs> events is um what if they die what if they poop in the bed (laughs) i mean you don't get sick somehow i can barely remember to feed myself three times a day i am not going to be responsible for feeding someone else three times a day absolutely not 100 percent deal breaker goodbye allardyces i guess that's true like back in the pre-pandemic you know if i had if i would do an airbnb um (laughs) And, and be ethically questionable 
uh i would i would never do one where you have to like stay with someone or meet them no i do off-site entry kila like you know no no contact needed i could could you imagine you're like oh i'm going into whatever to city for three days found a great airbnb it's only twenty dollars a night but there is an old person who will be shut away in one of the rooms, and I'll never see him, but I do have to, like, leave them food three times a day. Would you do it? Even for three days? No! Yeah, yeah, I guess no. No is no. the answer. No is the answer. But watching it, I was like, well, maybe I would. But I clearly should have I learned from the movie. No is always the answer. My goodness. Just say no, Nancy Reagan. Anthony, no, no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> However, will I be on the other side of that coin, okay? And will someday you rent out Stately Gaylord's Manor? To <laughs> and you say, look, it's really cheap. Stacy is shut away in one of the bedrooms. You'll never know she's there. You just have to leave. A pizza and a Mama Moo CD outside the door three times a day. <laughs> Now that I would do. That I would do. You won't run out of CDs either. No. <laughs> There's a lot. No, I just can't be responsible. It cramped my style. Excuse me, I have to play Destiny. Hold on, gamer bros. Sorry to put the raid on pause. I have to go leave Mrs. Allardyce a bowl of fucking oatmeal. Hold on, I have to go feed Mrs. Allardyce. <laughs> No way. And <laughs> you 12-year-old boyfriend's like, Stacy, where's she going? Do you still want to date me? <laughs> Listen. And you're being transformed in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. We learned a lot about ourselves today. As always. Um, Stacy, with with all of this said, are you ready to step out of the gamer chair and place <laughs> your head on the chopping block? Yes, please. Good answer, because it's the only answer. chopping block it's the chopping block that's that's what the chopping block is and if you ask what is it well it's the chopping block it's our question and answer game here on gay lords of darkness in which we uh answer trivia that's really it that's that's the whole thing (laughs) that's all of it that's all of it no no we ask each other to choose from a list of th- why is this an issue? What's going we, on? I'm having an embolism. We ask each other. We say, "Hey, you, would you like to choose one of three categories of horror movie trivia?" And one of us says, "Yes, indeed, I will." And we choose our category, which then unfolds into five questions. What the hell? What is going on? I don't know. I'm getting so warm, Stacey. Marion, you have to I'm get blush. out of this <laughs> There's a choker on my neck. <laughs> you look like a Dracula. It's I'm a Dracula go. or a Velveta. Um, okay, <laughs> there. 
we we okay so what the hell we answer five questions that we are asked we have 10 seconds to answer each individual question unless one of us calls out i want the wig in which case uh 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 karen black's rapidly graying wig from the <laughs> 1976 film burnt offerings descends upon your head along with a choker and a shawl <laughs> you look like a dracula the heads they gets confused and you are afforded an extra 10 seconds just to answer that one question if you get the questions right congratulations you are alive unlike every character in burnt offerings but if you get any of the questions wrong, you are dead, just like the entire cast of Burnt Offerings. Well, the characters. Well, also the cast. Oh, that was a journey. I'm sorry. No, it's, uh, it was <laughs> fascinating to listen to. It was oh, fascinating to, to navigate the, the worms crawling within my brain palace. It was like I could see the worms as they went. <laughs> amazing watching them navigate yeah <laughs> well do you want to ask or answer first can you answer that i you know i should maybe given my current state i should answer now while something is still happening <laughs> all right well then you have three new categories to choose from oh my god well, can you well i'm it? in a i'm in a great headspace to do you right with all the work that you put in <laughs> these are really easy categories though mm -hmm. i'll say that okay category one it's not a haunted house it's a haunted home this category <laughs> is all about horror movies that have the word home in the title oh my god Category two, it's not a haunted home, it's a haunted house. <laughs> In this category, you have 50 seconds, or 60 if you ask for that wig-choker-shawl combo, <laughs> to name five movies that have the word house in the title. No sequels, please. Damn. And category three... As an only child, I cannot relate to any of these characters. This category is all about horror movie brother-sister duos. <gasps> They're not all bad guys. It's not like that. It's just brother-sister duos in horror. I love that. So you have, it's not a haunted house, it's a haunted home. <laughs> it's not a haunted home, it's a haunted house. Or, as an only child, I cannot relate to any of these characters. I, you know, I don't know why I feel drawn to that. Maybe it is the spirit, in the spirit of, um, Roz and, um... Arnold. Arnold, thank you. In the spirit of Roz and Arnold, who stole my heart, uh, I'm gonna go with the, the, the brother-sister combo duo combo. Okay, yeah, they're the reason why I came up with this category. You see, I, too, was influenced by Burnt Offerings. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Wow. I am 100% sure you will get all of these. Well. <laughs> You'll get these. Don't worry. Uh, okay. Don't worry. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely I am. 
Okay, here we go. Question one. Who was responsible for Charlie's death, do you think? Was it the cult? Was it her brother Peter? Or was it the nuts in that brownie? Oh! You, uh, oh, I, I want the wig because I really need to think about this philosophically. Um, wait, the options were the cult, the brother, or the brownies. I would say... Uh, I'm going to say the brother. Okay, ding, ding, ding. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you almost ran out of time. I know, but it's like there's this because really it's all of them. It's all of them. Sure, we would say it's the ultimately the goal of the cult, and they set the series in, to have into place. So you could say they're responsible, but then the nuts are why she had her head out the window. Yes, but she wouldn't have had the head out the window if and and she wouldn't have eaten the nuts were it not for the brother. That's right. Who was driving the car? And so if it works in a court of law, then I say it works on the chopping block. Yeah, it's well, that was one of those questions that definitely needed more than 10 seconds. Because it's a very complex answer, but also simple. Because I would have accepted any of the three. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my wig. <laughs> and my choker and my shawl. <laughs> okay, question two. I was going to do... One of my Devils in the Details columns about the license plate in Jeepers Creepers. But I've decided that I can't because that has turned into a meme that the Creeper has a license plate. It has? Yes. And so I don't think it's because of me. I think it's just one of those quirks of the universe. But it's good because I didn't want to watch the movie anyway because Victor Salva, I say no thank you. And also I have a lot of weird... September 11th memories tied to Jeepers Creepers because like that's when it came out and that's when I saw it at the theater. Oh wow! Um. Anyway, those two, those two characters, they were brother and sister, right? <laughs> yes, they were in fact brother. Okay, and Okay, I couldn't remember. Thank you. Ding ding ding. <laughs> John Carpenter, this brother-sister revelation about these characters came about, quote, purely as a function of having decided to become involved in the sequel to the movie where I didn't think there was really much of a story left. Who are they? Uh, well, that's a nice way to say cocaine, and it's Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Yes! Ding, ding, ding! Isn't his, is his middle name... Judith? No. <laughs> no, that was his sister. <laughs> Doesn't he have kind of a Nelly middle name? I think so. Or is that Norman Bates? Norman Francis Bates. Michael Rebecca Myers. Michael Rebecca Myers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're on a roll. Here we go. I am. I'm rolling. Question four. Mercy and Jonas. What movie were those characters in? And what was their deal? Oh, motherfucker. Mercy and Jonas? Mercy and Jonas. And Jonas. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, the witch. Mm-hmm. Wait, for real? Yeah. Did I get it in time? No, but I'll 
allow. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't answer the second part of the question, though, which was, what was their deal? Oh, what was their deal? Oh, they were the little, they were little weird shrink ray people. Yes. <laughs> That's what's their deal. <laughs> yes. And it's unnatural. It was, they're really strange. They, why would, why did it, why they're tiny, it's, 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 you took two Puritans and you pointed a shrink ray at them. That's right. <laughs> okay, number five. <laughs> we'll see if you can get this one to close out the category. These have been pretty tough so far. Number five. Whose sister Sally said the following? Franklin, I like meat. Please change the subject. In fact, Franklin's sister's house. Yes, <laughs> that only works if you know his name is Franklin, though, really. Seems simple, but what if you didn't know? Right. Maybe she just calls her brother Franklin and it's not actually his name. Maybe she was talking. It could have been a ruse. Maybe she was talking to someone else. Exactly. Because look, okay, pretend that whatever. It could have, it, you could have not gotten it if you didn't know Franklin was her brother. <laughs> <laughs> Whose sister Sally said the following? Franklin, I like meat. Please change the subject. I could have also said, Whose sister Sally said the following? Uh, Jerry, let's go do it over there. <laughs> Answer still would have been Franklin. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So. But you're too smart. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> you knew Franklin. How do you feel about Franklin? I feel like we talked about him when we did our double feature on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Franklin drives me nuts. However, there, as I get older, there's a part of me that just can't help but feel for Franklin. Franklin is analogous, I would say, to some of the housewives you and I talked about earlier, where it's oh, like, please. just because they are annoying as fuck and I can't stand them doesn't mean they aren't also victims and don't make really good points. And are also, are, are not also, they're, they're also necessary. And, you know, honestly, ever since you pointed out that he says a whole lot of, a whole family of Draculas. <laughs> yeah. Like, how can you not love the guy? How can you not love Franklin? Are you going to play that game? There's a text. Oh, the text. It's like the Friday the 13th. I used to play the fuck out of that game. It was so much fun. You loved it. Loved it. So I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I would. I want to play it. I'm so bad at the scary games. And I'm even worse at like the Friday the 13th game. I was okay at Dead by Daylight because you get to choose to be the monster versus the Friday the 13th. You have to like, you just get assigned Jason. And I was terrible. But, but then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I just like, I just imagine like, what if I can play as a tea lady? (laughs) They didn't really, how are they going to get away? They never went anywhere. I know. You just sit in your your trailer (laughs) and then you hope that a character wanders in and then you get quick time options to say like, oh, my, 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 if you hit X at the right time. This is my hope. I see. Yeah. I'll play it. We should try it. We should try it. It'd be real fun. Okay. Yay. Well, look at you. Big winner. 
Uh, thank you. I'm a big winner, and I'm going to be a big spinner, spin, spender, spender with my money riches that I won. Holy sh- What has happened to you? Is there a gas leak in your wing? It, like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Aunt Elizabeth came into my room in the middle of the night <laughs> and she turned the gas on in my wig and then she locked the door and it was just me and the wig. I said wig, didn't I? Oh, wing. in my wing? Not a gas leak in your wig. Oh, what? in the wing of the manor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I, hydraulics I do, do you have going on in your wig? Oh, you should see what she can do. <laughs> she can heat a house. Oh, this one's gas powered. This one has a lace front. <laughs> hey, I'm so behind on wig technology. You have to. It's like a motor, uh, um, a lawnmower. You have to rev it up or a chainsaw. Uh, okay, yeah. You have to the pull, pull the cord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I have such bad arm strength. I always have to ask Jason to turn on my wig. Uh, Stacy, I have. <laughs> I have, I have, in honor of my brain being absolute, I just abject, broken, useless, uh, un, 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 un Uh, I have three old categories for you. All right. Three old ass categories. This first old category is actually hilariously in line with some of your new categories. Oh. So look at that. Where we accidentally created a, a diptych today with they them their house oh yeah these are uh, questions all about horror movies with house in the title uh your second old category is orphan family tree which is uh questions about horror movies starring the cast of the orphan cinematic universe so think about people that are in orphan one orphan two soon to becoming orphan three and think about what other movies are there. So these are questions about them or the films that they're in. Okay. Uh, and in your returning third returning category is Grifters Inc. These are all about non-conjuring horror movies and characters in films based on Ed and Lorraine Warren. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. And I think you would get all of these, even if you don't know these films that feature Ed and Lorraine Warren. I think you'll get all of these uh, because, they've, you know, they're relatable. So your categories are they, them, their house, about houses, orphan family tree, all about orphan, Grifters Incorporated, all about, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren movies that aren't conjuring. <sighs> All right, I'll go with the Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I okay. Feel you keep saying it'll be fine. I don't believe you, but okay. I think it'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> absolutely fine. What if you're going to throw yourself off a cliff over it? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Antistupa. Um, is that what it's called? The old people throw themselves oh, off right. the thing? Yeah. Uh, oh, right. Number one. You ready? I should ask you, if you're ready yeah, first. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, number one. Lewis and Claire Berger investigate the paranormal with their psychic cat before a live broadcast goes terribly wrong. In what movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, d- uh, w... And you if? Yeah, yes! 
Halloween t- town <laughs> <laughs> special. Yes, yes. Congratulations. Okay. Halloween town the the WNUF Halloween town special. <laughs> There's a sequel coming to that. They're doing a sequel. I know. It it premiered at um the Midsummer Scream convention that Jason and I used to go to, and I, I wish I could have gone and seen it. I, I'm dying to see this. They're doing a little road show, too, but it's all mostly around, like, the Midwest or South, and I'm like, I want to get them over here. I want to see it. Yeah, Lewis and Claire Berger. I will say, for fans of WNUF, if, especially if you enjoyed those characters, there is a, a album out. They, like, kind of made a companion, not soundtrack, but, like, a there's a vinyl, and I think there's a cassette tape, and it's probably a CD, too. But one side is audio stories of other hauntings all investigated by Frank Stewart, the reporter. And then the other side are, um, it's a, it's a tape about the paranormal by Lewis and Claire Berger. And they talk about their other investigations. And oh, it's cool. brilliant. I love it. Oh, cool. Um, look at you. You already got one. Woo. On to number two. Here we go. 1983's TV movie, the devil murder case. Which originally adapted the quote-unquote true story of The Conjuring 3 features Beverly McKenzie as psychic Charlotte Harris. And it also features what former sheriff of Maybury as her demonologist husband, Guy? So many words. Andy Griffith? Ding, 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 ding! Uh, okay, number three. Look at you, number three. Okay. Parapsychologist Dr. Lesh, portrayed by Beatrice Strait in what 1982 haunted house film, was allegedly based on Lorraine Warren. Poltergeist. Yes, ding, 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 ding. <sighs> okay, you're almost there. Number four. While it featured no characters based on Ed nor Lorraine Warren, this 2009 film was ripped from their case files and it featured perfect queen Virginia Madsen. Oh! Haunting in Connecticut? Ding, 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 ding! Oh, you know, I've never seen it, but I do have a haunting in Connecticut lenticular bookmark. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just, okay, I just imagined, like, God forbid, you know, a hundred years from now, in the future, when they tell me to go and collect your things, right? <laughs> And I'm like rummaging through and I'm like sorting stuff. And then, and then I find the haunting in Connecticut lenticular bookmark. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I think I have a couple. That's the kind of the, when you live in Los Angeles and you go to a movie theater, they leave out like the postcards or posters or whatever. And they had these bookmarks. <laughs> so I think I took two. And the lenticular thing, it's like, it's that little kid. And then there's the ectoplasm coming out of his mouth, and the lenticular quality is that the ectoplasm gets longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I actually love that you have this. Almost as much as I love that they made a sequel called The Haunting in Connecticut 2 Ghosts of Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You are at the finish line. You are on number five. For all the money of which there is none, in 1991, 
Diane Baker portrayed both Lorraine Warren in NBC's made-for-TV movie The Haunted, as well as what character in The Silence of the Lambs? Senator! I want the wig. Senator! Fucking shithole fuck. Senator! I want this thing. No, come on! You know I know! Senator! Think Catherine. of Clarice. Senator, Think of Cl Senator's Catherine's mother. Think of Sen Clarice going down in the basement and, was yeah. she sc and screaming her name. Senator Martin? Yes! Ding, ah! ding, 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 ding! <laughs> Congratulations. Ooh. You answered it at 34 seconds, but you win. Because <laughs> judges would have accepted Senator. Uh, but your commitment to having to crawl into your memory palace and hear Jodie Foster scream, <laughs> Catherine Morgan! <laughs> oh, I love Silence of the Lambs. Don't you love when she leaves and then Cat Catherine Martin's like, No, don't leave me, you bitch! You fucking bitch! <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, God, what a great movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're both mostly alive. <laughs> I would say we're not purely alive. I would say we are the new Mrs. Allardyce's. Yes, yes. Our due to ripples in time in our answers, yeah. we our lives were unnaturally extended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you look great in these chokers, though. I have to say, you do look stunning. Will our heads fall off? When we remove them, I guess we'll see next week. We could only hope so. Well, we will be back next week. Um, when we will talk about a movie. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it's going to be. Um, you can find out uh, other movies we've talked about in the past at GaylordsOfDarkness.com, where we have all of our past episodes. Oh, Links yeah. to our social medias. Uh, so gamer bros can hit me up. Uh, <laughs> and um right so we'll be back right that's it did i forget anything no okay i'm, just, I'm, I'm gonna let you work that out yeah i'll figure <laughs> this out well whatever goodbye everybody thank you for listening thanks for subscribing thanks to all our subscribers as always bye bye Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh, oh my, my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness!